Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the social program on Radio Islam International. We have Morana Ibrahim Bam joining us this morning. Morana, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum to all the listeners. Being the beginning of a new year, it also means that uh, the educational year also starts for many learners. It's a good time for us to discuss Islam and modern day education and to look at it from the prism of Islamia. Yeah. Yes, um, I think it's very, very, very important that we do so. Um, obviously, there are many questions that people have with regard to education. Um, and of course, uh, when we're talking of um, Education, we're not talking of anything specific, we're just uh, making it as, um, as wide as possible. And I think uh, all aspects of education, we would try and uh, bring it up in today's program. But I think it, it's an important topic because people would be going into the new year and, of course, uh, choices. There's a lot of choices that people need to be making, many decisions people have to be making. Where do we place our children? What do we do with a different uh, type of... Um, you know, situations and different options with regard to education. And I think, inshallah, we will try to address that in the course of uh, today's program. And maybe we would also appreciate if there is, um, you know, if there is um, uh, feedback from the people with regard to the experiences and the um, uh, questions or comments on education. As the numbers to keep in mind, 072-786-1548, the number to dial, 011-854-1548, or you could also message on Morana's side on 083-786-2859. Well, as a starting point, uh, what is the purpose of education? We know that you have Dini knowledge, which will always be superior, and then you have acquired sciences on the other hand, how does this all tie into a believer's life? What is the purpose of education when you talk from a believer's perspective? Yes, I think firstly, let's, let's look at um, the importance. And we all start off with the importance that the first uh, um, uh, wahi that came down upon our beloved Nabi Karim was Iqra, which has to do with, um, uh, which has to do, uh, with education. Iqra, bismi rabbi khalaq. Uh, read in the name of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even in there, there is indications that um, there is the purpose and objective of education has been there. But uh, this is quite interesting that the first wahi that came down upon our beloved Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after the period that is known as Fatrat al-Wahi, uh, the time in which wahi was suspended. Uh, between the time of Isa salam and our beloved Nabi Karim salam, for some ulama say over 600 years and the first wahi that came down speaks about knowledge and of course because of that there was an unprecedented enthusiasm and pursuit of knowledge in our sharia and in the Muslim ummah uh, but as you correctly started off by saying that this is the importance of it but uh, with regard to the objective Allah Ta'ala says read in the name of Almighty Allah so it is not only reading. Many a times people, when they emphasize the importance of knowledge, they only speak about ikra, that uh, read. But they don't complete the verse. Allah Ta'ala hasn't only said about ikra, but Allah Ta'ala has said ikra bi ismi rabbik. Read in the name of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
which tells us that our knowledge is supposed to make us better human beings and bring us closer towards Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said in the Holy Quran, إِنَّمَا يَخْشَ اللَّهَ مِنْ عِبَادِهِ الْعُلَمَاء Verily, the learned are those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you will not find a better definition of knowledge uh, than the one that the Quran has provided that the learned are those who fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanallah, indeed. So, those are the numbers to keep in mind to interact with us on the program. Uh, Murana, talking about uh, the purpose of education, as you mentioned, uh, to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the best definition of knowledge, um, we as parents find ourselves as a very difficult point in our life at crossroads that uh, there is a push to say that Maybe there isn't that much of importance attached to acquired sciences and knowledge. And therefore, after you've acquired the basics, you must then move on to pursue dini knowledge or you must move on with other things in life. There's no need for you to progress and go uh, as far as matric or even beyond that. I think maybe let's let's go through, uh, before we come to that, I think we need to set the scene and give the importance to, uh, and, and do the priorities and do the grading so that uh, we know and people know with regard to it. See, Nabi Karim Sallallahu said, The acquiring of knowledge is compulsory upon each and every Muslim. So from that, an ignorant Muslim is a misnomer, which you cannot have an ignorant Muslim, because knowledge is not something that is um, optional. It is compulsory. But what is compulsory? Uh, is it compulsory to become a doctor? Is it compulsory to become a PhD in chemical engineering? Is it uh, compulsory to have an MA in language? For example, I'm going to give an example. When Nabi Karim Sallallahu said that uh, knowledge is compulsory, then what type of knowledge is compulsory? Ulama have written that uh, for every obligation in the religion, there is a commensurate obligation to know about that obligation. And I think uh, that is very important. So if the moment Salat becomes compulsory upon you, it is compulsory for you to know the basic style of Salat. How to read Namaz, what is Faraz, what is Wajib, what is Sunnah. But obviously, even in Salat, you are going to have situations which sometimes are, are extraordinary. Then you refer to the ulama because you don't have to know each and every detail and eventuality with regard to Salat. If Hajj becomes compulsory, it is compulsory for you to know how to perform Hajj. When you are getting married, and this is something that many times people are unaware of, because today when we get married, no one really looks at the Messiah. We all are worried about um, the color scheme in the, in, the, in, the, in the marriage, the color scheme in the wedding. Ya Allah. That is not important. What is important is what is compulsory upon the, the, the husband to fulfill the rights of the wife, and the wife to fulfill the rights of the husband. That is compulsory. That no one looks at, no one even pays any uh, importance towards it. Now it is for us to be able to know uh, what is compulsory and how to perform that obligation in our Sharia. If you're opening our business, you must know the basic Messiah of what is Allah and what is Haram. So that we learn in the Maktab. And the Maktab is uh, very important. And to this extent, that uh, our ulama have made mention with regard to it. Hazrat uh, Moana Manzur Nomani, who visited uh, South Africa, a very prolific uh, writer, the author of Ma'ariful Hadith in five volumes, 
uh, knowing about the hadith and giving a beautiful description and translation and commentary on the important hadith in different uh, fields. He has written, either make sacrifices for the proper education of your children with regard to basics or risk them becoming murtads and apostates. Uh, so this is something that we have to bear in mind. It's important that we know what is compulsory upon us. Lama Iqbal went to Spain in 1932, and when he came back, he said that, um, I'm imploring you as Muslims to send your children to madrasas. Uh, I used to perhaps not give it the importance, but after I went to Spain, I have seen with my own eyes what is the situation of Muslims when they deprive the children of the madrasas, which mm -hmm. we tend to look down upon. It will happen exactly if we don't have madrasas, uh, of, if we don't have it, then that will happen to us, which happened to the Muslims of Spain after 800 years of Muslim rule. They will be only the relics of the ruins of Granada and Cordoba and Hamra, and you will not find trace of Islam in the Muslims. So this is something that we need to call. But after saying that, then coming back towards your question, Moana, first, uh, the importance of knowing the basics, and that is what is far as the Ain. But then you come to the other branches of knowledge, uh, which, uh, as you're aware, and I think one day you also made mention of the Arabic um, script of what Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah had said. Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah had said any branch of knowledge which is indispensable for the welfare of mankind, any branch of knowledge which is indispensable for the welfare of mankind, it is farze kifaya for the ummah to acquire that knowledge. So anything that is beneficial for mankind, like medicine, he even goes on to say, like medicine and, and hisab, mathematics. Now, everyone in the course of their life will need to go to a doctor, will need to go to a medical person, or will need to go to an accountant. Now, if you don't have people who are proficient in that, and if you don't have people who are good in that, you are going to become comp compromised. You are going to become prejudiced in the sense that you will not be able to fulfill your daily task. So Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah says that any branch of knowledge which is indispensable for the welfare of mankind, it is for the kifaya for the ummah to acquire it. That means if we don't have doctors in our society, if we don't have accountants, we don't have people who are proficient in different fields, then the ummah collectively is at a fault. Now, who, who today regards this as important? And today, my view is, and it's something that has been substantiated. I was just recently, Morana, reading a very, very beautiful passage of Morana Abdullah Kapodri. Now, Alhamdulillah, every day uh, next to my bedside, there's quite a bit of books that I have. So one of the books that I've got is uh, the, the, the Mawais and the lectures of Morana Abdullah Kapodri. So in there he's written, he said, that for a Muslim community and society to thrive and prosper, together with the minarets of the masjid, they should be the chimneys of the factories. Subhanallah. Now who on earth today, in today's time, and unfortunately, I mean, I, I, I was, today nowadays, I'm becoming more and more brazen and bold. The fact of the matter is we've become so narrow-minded 
that uh, because we don't pay attention to this, we are we are prejudiced. We we are at a disadvantage. Today we talk about uh, fighting um, the enemies, but when we fight uh, the enemies, we use the same weapon that they have produced. We don't have our own weapons. We don't have our own armaments. We want to travel for Hajj, but we go with um, uh, means of conveyance which is done by someone else. Why? Because we as the Muslim Ummah have fallen behind with regard to this particular type of knowledge, which Imam Ghazali said is for the kifaya. That if you don't acquire this, you are going to become disadvantaged. So the point is, and as you have said with regard to it, that Muslims have to become proficient in this. That it, and it's not, it's not haram. Far from it being haram, it is according to some ulama for the kifaya. And I can make mention of so many incidents of our ulama with regard to it. In one of the uh, readings of Mufti Rafi Osmani, uh, a group of university students one day came to Mufti Rafi Osmani, Rahmatullah uh, and said that uh, we want to change our course and we want to change you know, and we want to become graduates in the Darul. So he started speaking to them. And he asked why. They said, no, this is dunyawi knowledge. It's not, it's not uh, dini knowledge. So Mufti Rafi corrected that. He said, no, make the, the knowledge that you are acquiring, make it with the correct intention and make it with the intention of serving, then that also becomes din. So he told them, no, no, you continue doing what you are doing. But just change your intention and change your methodology and change the way you are doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you have heard from people who are close to us in Muhammad. Someone came to him once and said, make dua that Allah make my children alims. So he said, may Allah make your children pious and fear Allah. He made mention of this three times. In three times, Muhammad gave the same reply. And then he asked the reason, and Maulana told him, it's not compulsory for your child to become an alim. It's not for the alim. فَلَوْلَا نَفَرَ مِنْ كُلِّ فِرْقَةٍ مِّنْهُمْ طَائِفَةٌ لِيَتَفَقَّهُ فِي الدِّينِ Allah Ta'ala in the Holy Quran tells us, there should be a group amongst you that become ulama, who, who achieve in-depth knowledge of uh, the Sharia. So that means not everyone is going to become an alim. So if everyone becomes alim, what happens to the society? Who becomes doctors? Who becomes accountants? Who becomes proficient in other fields? If we leave that, then we are leaving the, the way open for other uh, you know, nations to come and have influence over us. And I, I, I can't understand today the people who say, no, we must not acquire that type of knowledge. It is against what our ulama have written, and it is against the Sharia, which tells us that Muslims must be proficient and must be experts in various fields. Uh, I was in Akalkua last year, Murana, in uh, India, and I visited the faculties run by Malana Gulam Mustanwi, and I was really, really impressed with the setup he has, where he brought the two fields of life together. On the one side, he's running the Darul Ulum with the state-of-the-art equipment, with smart boards and all of that. On the other hand, he's got a medical college, then he's got an IT varsity, and then he's got other uh, acquired skills that he's, uh, you know, promoting very strongly. And what he has shared with me during those visits is that they were able to eradicate poverty from an entire village after taking the students and taking them through the entire system of schooling and madrasa and making them doctors, engineers and IT specialists, 
Today the entire village is eradicated of poverty and he says, once upon a time if you would drive through this village you would only see unbaked homes made out of mud and clay and so forth. Today when you take a drive there are homes made out of mortar and bricks and uh, you know all the relevant materials that are needed in today's day con- construction. So he says what our effort is that we need to work hand in hand and he says you in South Africa, you guys need to emulate the same model and concept to eradicate the ordinary Muslim from the poverty that they face and to bring them into a different direction with strong Islamic ethos. And I was really impressed by that because I went through the system and they gave me a detailed tour of all the different departments and they're not doing it for a year or two, they're doing it now for the last two, three decades and it is a phenomenal setup indeed, Morana. Yes, and uh, this is not something that only, uh, you know, our our uh, recently, I mean, our ulama in the past have made mention. I don't know how many times I've heard him when he came to South Africa saying that don't only establish madaris, establish Muslim schools. Mm. But um, people who are in Baltimore in the United Kingdom, I've heard from them personally. I've heard from them personally. That when the Sheikh Hamadul Ali uh, came to UK, right, and people uh, then were setting up Muslim schools, so the matter was brought up uh, to uh, the Sheikh Hamadul Ali with regard to the setting up of Muslim schools, and um, he, he asked that come and give me an explanation what you people are setting up. Mm. So they gave him an own explanation that here in, in UK. It's compulsory to have, you can't even, your children have to go to school to a particular age. If you don't send them to school, they'll come and take your children and put, put them in school. Right? Uh, so, it told him, and therefore, the schools have different uh, ethos. And if the children go there, uh, they, it's possible that they could be uh, clouded in that particular type of ethos. So, we're setting up a school with Islamic ethics and Islamic ethos. So the people told me that Hazrat Shah Mutulali was so happy with it that he took he took certain amount of money, I think it was 20 pounds, and he gave it to the Zakaria Muslim school in Bolton. Subhanallah. Now, Subhanallah. you know, nowadays, I don't know, some of our younger ulama, how they would look at something like that. Uh, and of course, many times people will say, well, today the schools are not uh, in that particular category. Well, then, uh, which, which educational institute is, that in, is in that category? Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sahib, Rahmatullahi, and Mufti Taqisab makes mention of this many a times. He said, I've heard from my father that I have seen that era of Darul Ulum Dioban, where from the Chaprasi to the Shaykhul Hadith, from the cleaner to the Shaykhul Hadith, Every person in the Darul Ulum, from the cleaner, was a sahib nisbat buzuk. He was a wali of Almighty Allah, from the cleaner to the Shaykh al-Hadith. No one can say today we have that particular type of, you know, uh, quality in our educational institute. That doesn't mean that those educational institutes are not important. They must, we must. With with the flaws, with the uh, uh, little bit of shortcomings, but we try for the ideal. But why you continue doing it? Whatever it is, you do it. Whether it be Muslim schools, whether it be madrasas, whether it be maktabs, we have to continue. Even if it's not to the level of what it used to be before, 
we can continue doing it. And I think that is important for us to understand. Hmm. Yes, it is the social program and we are speaking about modern day education from the prism of Islam. And we have Manana Bam on the program. Manana, the question that many people would ask and the concern, I would say the concern that they have is that those who have not sent their children to school and those who have pulled the kids out of school, their primary concern is that their ideology will be altered, their identity will be compromised, and the educational system is also compromised in the sense that now you have the LGBTQ plus uh, issue that you have to grapple with and, and you don't want your children to be exposed to that. And the other idioms that have been uh, peddled through state funding and state schools and so forth. So with these uh, pretexts, with this kind of pretext in mind, they have actually pulled the kids out of school. How do we respond to it and how do you address this as a community? The, 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 the reality on the ground is that no one is living in an island. The only way you can save yourself from the fitness of the time is to go and live in an island where you are away from everything. Mm. Uh, we are not living in islands. We are living in this world. And the, the world will have its fair share of challenges. The challenge is not to isolate yourself from everything. The challenge is to be part of this world, to be part of whatever is happening. And then from there, you, you isolate and you keep away the evil things and you adopt that which is positive. Uh, mm. Take what is beneficial and you take away that which is uh, harmful. Uh, in his kitab, Anfas Elisa, has written about modern education and he said that it is permitted and one of the ways of its permittance is that the student who goes to university must keep a relationship with Islamic books and Islamic scholars. Mm. I always look at the irony of that in the sense that Mawana Tamir Ali has written that uh, the people who go for this type of uh, education must keep taluk with ulama. Mm. Now, uh, the flip side is that ulama don't want to keep taluk with them. <laughs> ulama don't want to keep relationship with them. <laughs> and Mawana Tamir Ali, someone who was close to Haji Farooq Sab, uh, Ali, one day just told me recently, uh, that um, Moana Haji Farooq Sahib Rahmatullah Ali purchased a land next to the university in Sakkar. You know? And someone said, why are you purchasing this land? He said, no, I want to build a masjid here so that I can keep and give a relationship with the university-going students because they, they're going for, for education. We need to keep a relationship with them to educate them with regard to our deen and to keep away from uh, the negative thoughts. No, we, we, we can't have a situation, and it's not possible to say everyone mustn't go to school. Everyone mustn't go to university. That's not the solution. The solution is that those who are going, we keep a relationship with them as a community to keep them upon the right path, to give them advice to be upon steadfast upon the laws of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to say, to tell people not to go, that's not possible. It's not feasible, and it is not in any way uh, beneficial. So what do we do? The thing is that we take, we, we have a relationship with them. That's what, what, that is what, what, is, what is required. So yes, uh, the, and to be honest, Molana, the fact of the matter is that 
Today you can have, even in the best educational institutes, you can, you can have people who go out. When we finish Bukhari, Moana, I must, I must make mention of this. I must make mention of this. Mm. Our Ustad, Mufti Walayah, gave us parting advices. Right? So, he told us that um, now that we have completed, I would like to inform you that uh, keep a relationship with some Buzruk. Keep a relationship with some Buzruk, with some saintly person. And then he gave us one or two names. You know, he said that uh, these are some of the options that are available to you. You know, that I am I'm recommended. And he said the reason why I'm telling you this, and then he related an incident of Darulum Dioband. And now I can't recall, I think it was Munana Rashid Ahmad Gangoi, but the name subject to correction. He said one of our Akkadirin saw someone in the Darul Hadith class in Darulum Dioband, right? And I think the person's name was Nuruddin. And he told, and he called Nuruddin and said, Nuruddin, there are certain things that I'm seeing on your face, which makes me very worried. Right? And I'm telling you that please attach yourself to a pious person. Right? Otherwise, I'm seeing some signs on your face. And Allah Ta'ala had given him kashf. And such our ulama were like that, they used to have kashf. Mm. But I can see things that are not very beneficial and looking very harmful and that person didn't listen to Mulana and he became the Khalifa of Ulam Ahmad Qadiani huh? the mm. apostate and the Kafir Mirza Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani who came from where? who came from the greatest educational institute that we call our Alma Mater so educational institutes will, will, will bring about uh, different uh, situations. They will bring, uh, sometimes you will get from the best of education institutes, you will get these people, uh, something like this coming up. That doesn't mean that the educational institute is wrong. Right? So, you, so the thing is that in all of these type of things, we, we, that's all the more reason, that's all the more reason that because of these things happening, uh, I, I've been telling people, and this is my, my view on the matter, that uh, you know, don't send your children to private schools where the ethos can be compromised. There is an option with regard to Muslim schools. Mm. Now, Muslim schools are not ideal. I, I don't say they're ideal, and I know I'm attached to a Muslim school. I know there is no ideal, idealism. I don't go and make a, uh, you know, a claim that they're ideal. But at least what they will tell you is that if you do find inclinations towards that which is wrong, then the Muslim school, the ulama in the Muslim school will address it. They will, they will come and they will tell the person, listen, this is wrong what you are doing. And they will try to make an effort to, to get the person away from that which is wrong. So, uh, whereas, in other in institutes, they won't even regard it as a wrong. They say, no, he's experimenting. It's good for him to experiment. <laughs> so, uh, we, we need to. And we need to bring up the standards of our Muslim school. And it will only happen if it is patronized by the Muslim community. So anyway, these, is, these are some of the things that I, I think, uh, I'm very clear on my views with regard to this, that we, we can't tell people to, 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 to stay away. Uh, you know, you can't tell people to stay away from uh, these type of knowledges, especially when 
there is evidence of our ulama encouraging people to become proficient in various fields. And today we need Muslim people in every field. How is that going to happen when they don't go to, uh, you know, they pick up what we call modern education, contemporary education, acquired science, whatever it is? Hmm. Very important. You know, a point to keep in mind, Marana, is that even if you are pursuing education with the intention of serving deen, that you can open more doors or more opportunities for yourself to represent the deen or to serve on a higher level, which on an ordinary day would not be possible if X, Y, and Z were not met. Somebody has sent uh, a message say, please keep it anonymous. It reads here, the advices of Mufti Rafi Uthmani, rahmatullah alayhi, when he came to South Africa, Turukul wasuli ilallahi bi'adadi anfasil khala'iqi. The roads to Allah are as many as the breaths of the creation, meaning there's more than one way to reach Allah. Then he writes here, In Pakistan I am confronted many a time by youngsters with pious appearances and from good homes. They appear intelligent and educated. They approach me, for example, with the following request. Hazrat, I am a student at medical college. Uh, through the grace of Allah, I was inspired, either through your lecture or going out in Jamaat, to quit college and enroll at your Darulum. When I pose the question as to why they have made such a decision in which years of studying will go to waste, they reply, Hazrat, up till now we were involved in a worldly pursuit. We now wish to turn towards deen. And he writes here, people feel that the paths to Jannah are restricted to two or three, either uh, through enrolling in a Darululum or going out in Tabligh or giving one's life in Jihad. Jannah will only be attained by choosing one of these three paths. There is no fourth route. This is what people think, whereas uh, this is neither what Hazrat Nabiya Karim has taught us, nor has there been any of our elders that have ever made such claims. And he ends up by saying, Turukul wasuli ila Allahi bi'adadi anfasil khalaiqi. Anonymous. Jazakallah for that very wonderful uh, intervention uh, into our program. Jazakumullah so much. And I, I've read that uh, with regard to Mufti Rafi Usmani, which I've also quoted. And this is important. And uh, uh, just to give you an example with it, I don't know if any, any other point that you want to bring, I want to give this example of Mufti Taqi Usmani also in which he has, uh, when he spoke at uh, the opening or at um, uh, one of the programs of the Yira Foundation, uh, which is uh, run by his uh, son, Mulana Imran. So um, it is a very, very interesting uh, talk that he gave, which is quite widely circulated on Google, etc., so if a person wants to look at it, the state of education systems in the Muslim world, by Mufti Taqi Usmani, you just have to type out and you will find that that whole particular talk, uh, you will find it uh, in on on the internet. Mm. This, uh, there's a, Murad, because the topic is so sensitive and people don't want their names taken, so I suppose uh, the messages are less, but there's a, another one coming. Alhamdulillah, top program as always, very informative. May Allah reward Mulana Ibrahim Bam. We are very fortunate to have Mulana as a guide for the Ummah. May Allah take Mulana from strength to strength. Anonymous, don't mention my name, please. <laughs> uh, no, that is now, uh, that is Husnazan. Allah Ta'ala accept his Husnazan. Amen. So, yes, Mulana, you, you were saying about Mufti Taqi, you wanted to mention? You see, uh, when Mufti Taqi said in this particular speech, 
uh, has said that um, when Pakistan was formed, and then the educationists got together, and they said that uh, let us um, find out what educational system we are going to use in the newly found state. Mm. So he said that time when the people came from India, there were three prevalent educational systems that were in the South Asian region. One was the system of Darulum Deoband, which was purely, purely religious-based and only Islamic curriculum and uh, subjects were taught. One was Aligarh Muslim University. You know, Aligarh Muslim University is something that we all are aware that um, is the university that was uh, set up by uh, Sayyid Ahmad Khan. Uh, and uh, Sayyid Ahmad Khan, and Ma, you made mention with regard to uh, Morana Wustan, uh, we're making mention that um, that uh, through the means of his educational systems, he has created a situation where people have become financially independent. And I'm not sure if anyone have heard that particular uh, clip of uh, Sheikh Hanif Luharwi, who said that someone saw Sayyid Ahmad Khan in a dream after he passed on. And he said, how did Allah Ta'ala treat you? And he said that uh, Allah Ta'ala gave me Jannah uh, because of uh, saying that, uh, give him Jannah because he had made an effort uh, with regard to making the Muslim community and the Ummah financially independent. Now, dreams are dreams. I'm not saying that it's a complete uh, evidence, you know, but it is something that uh, Sheikh Hanif Harvey has made mention, I'm, I'm making mention of it. Mm. And anyone can get that clip uh, if they type in the right uh, type of search. You, you are an expert in that, Mona. You can tell them how to search for things. <laughs> anyway, now, uh, where, where did we go out from? Uh, so uh, he said that the one was, uh, and one was the system of Darut al-Ulama. Darut al-Ulama was that primarily it was Islamic education with uh, some form of um, what we would call contemporary education. So uh, when, when they said that Mufti Shafiq Abrahmatullahi sat in that committee, so people, because he was Farih and he completed from Darulum Deoban, they felt that he would come up with a system that is akin to Darulum Deoban. And he said, no. He said, my father uh, said that we must have something that was prevalent in the earlier universities in Islamic history. The University of Tehrawan in Fez, Morocco, the University of Zaytuna in Tunis. Uh, and he said, in those particular universities, the Kairawan University, for example, was established in the third century in the city of Fez. It is recorded in history that this is the oldest university, not only of the Muslim world, but the, uh, the oldest university in the entire world. In that university, in that curriculum, the religious sciences, like tafsir, hadith, fit, along with medicine, mathematics, astronomy, and all other worldly signs that today we call Asri Ulum, which Moranab says, we call Asri Ulum, contemporary knowledge, were taught in the very same university under the same roof. And that would be something similar to what the Muslim schools do. Ibn Khuldun, Ibn Rushd, and Qadi Ayaz taught them, now they were from people with different um, backgrounds. Ibn Khuldun, a historian, a sociologist, Ibn Rushd, a poet philosopher, Qadi Ayaz, uh, the great Alim who wrote uh, Shifa. Uh, so this spot where Ibn Khuldun and Ibn Rush taught, the spot where Iqadi Ayaz gave lectures, 
and the spot where Ibn Arabi al-Maliki taught, all of these all of the spots are still preserved. This is the oldest university in the world. And all of these were in one, one institute, in one building. So he says that his father, Mufti Shafiz Ali, pleaded that um, this is what we should bring about in Pakistan. That we must have an institute where all of these are taught simultaneously with, with the greatest of importance. Unfortunately, uh, that particular uh, situation didn't happen. And then afterwards, um, you know, the educational system became separate. The religious education became separate and the worldly sciences became separate. But the original view of Mufti Shafiq Rahmatullah was to have it under one institute. Allah um, knows best if that would have, uh, if they would have heard his, uh, you know, his views, what would have been the outcome of education, Allah knows. You know, sometimes in these type of things, I take a very philosophical view. Uh, we can always, you know, argue till the cows come home. You know, that uh, whether the forming of Pakistan was beneficial or not, Allah knows best. You know, it didn't happen. You know, so there was the view of one of and the Madani that don't, don't form Pakistan. Keep the Muslims, they would become more stronger in a united India than partitioning and, uh, you know, keeping the Muslims separate and bringing the powerless. But Allah knows best that it didn't happen that way. Now you've got to deal with uh, the de facto situation. The fact de facto situation is Pakistan is formed. So, Moana Ustina for example, uh, you know, very amazing. Uh, he, someone asked him after Pakistan was formed that uh, you were not in favor of Pakistan, you were in favor of partition not taking place in one, one uh, major state. Now that Pakistan is formed, what is your view? So what a beautiful reply he gave. He said, you know, you can have a difference of opinion whether a masjid must be built in this place or not. Sometimes you can say, but there's a masjid that's down the road. Why should I put up another masjid? Right? You can have the difference of opinion. But once a masjid is completed, once a masjid is done, then you respect that masjid. You can have a difference before the masjid is established. Once it's established, you respect the masjid. In a similar manner, once Pakistan is formed, I was not in favor of it. Now I make dua that Allah Taala give it progress. So in a similar manner, Mufti Shafiz Abrahamullah had the view that uh, the educational system must be under one roof in which all the uh, education must be taught. It didn't work out that way. Now, the way it worked out, let us work with whatever we got. So let us make the religious institutes the best and make us all our other institutes that teach contemporary knowledge. May Allah make that also the best. So that is how we got to deal with things. So, um, so this is what Mufti Shafiza Rahmatullahi uh, made mention with regard to what an important point the different educational systems in the Muslim world and what Mufti Shafiq Rahmatullahi has made mention. And that is not only something that is, um, uh, you know, that is uh, what he had made mention. If you look at our whole history, you will find that Muslims were in the forefront of all different types of knowledge. Right? And not only they were in the forefront, they became trendsetters in different situations. So uh, this is something that we should also strive towards. Yes, indeed. Last year, Malana, I visited uh, 
Falahe Dara in Terkeswar and uh, they invited me to be part of a English Anjuman, the annual Jalsa that was taking place where the students were going to deliver their speeches in English. And uh, my Honorable Ustad Qari Ayub was also part of the program. I had delivered I had delivered a keynote address there and uh, I was actually ple- pleasantly surprised at the level of English education and what they had picked up uh, during the stay of uh, that student in those students in the madrasa so we know that in falah darin they teach english also side by side and not just basic english they teach you the proper english the grammar reading understanding comprehension and all of that that goes with it and i was surprised you know, when i came to south africa i did some research to say that are there any graduates of uh, falah darin in our country that are currently working and I was surprised that there are quite a few in Indonesia and there's quite a few in the greater Johannesburg area. They are now part of English institutes where they are teaching in the English medium language and they are teaching Dean. And they also run in key positions in these areas. And I was surprised when I met them that this, this opened a door of opportunity for them when they had invested in uh, their time in learning and acquiring English language. I remember at that time the Sheikh al-Hadith, when he spoke after me, he said, the reason why we teach our children English is that it's a universal, a universal language, and through this you can convey the message of Dean on a greater platform with greater access to the world where the world has become a global village. So it's all about mindset. I mean, if you want to look after yourself and preserve your identity, you can do so in any environment uh, and, and also thrive at the same time, Monona. Definitely. And this is what uh, Mufti Sab, uh, Mufti Takesab, when he gave the talk, which is, of course, uh, well in the, in the, uh, on the Internet, he said that I tell the people who are in this field of setting up schools. So he said that uh, there's a small percentage of uh, people who are becoming ulama. Most of the people who are, they are going into uh, different fields, um, maybe 90 over there. So I'm telling them that uh, when you set up these schools, you say I often, and this is an exact quote from that speech, I often speak to the teachers of Hira Foundation, that is the Muslim school that his son, Mona Imran, had set up, take this generation out of intellectual enslavement. Mm. And you have to give them a perception that we are a free people and a free nation and possesses freedom of thought. And that we follow the teachings of Nabi Karim Sallallahu and not everything that comes from the West is bad. There are things that are also good. So take the good that what they have and leave the bad. But what we have done, he said, is we have taken the, the bad and we have not taken some of the benefits in which they have achieved excellence. Right? So then he also gave and give uh, the example of uh, Lama Iqbal, which has given um, some uh, comment on this. A very same thought in in a Persian couplet. Uh, so he said that wisdom and knowledge is not attained through the kinds of clothes that one wears. You don't have to imitate uh, a nation uh, with regard to the clothes that they wear. Uh, if you wear a turban, it will not prevent you from attaining knowledge or skill. So it reminds me of Mullah Nasiruddin. Mm. So Mullah Nasiruddin, one day someone came to ask if he had a big turban. So he had a big turban and a zero Islamic dress. Someone came and asked Mullah Nasiruddin from a Muslim. So Mullah Nasiruddin said, Abdul Alim, you know, uh, why are you asking me? So he said, then why are you wearing this big turban? 
I visited the Madrasa Tartil Quran in Peter Maritzburg and um, Kari Ismail Abdulaziz, Kari Abdulaziz was uh, explaining to me that under the auspices of Kari Sab, they introduced acquired sciences also in the Madrasa for the boys, both for the Hivs as well as the Kitab boys, and they work slowly towards metric and they complete the course at the end of the day. When they are completing, they completing on both sides. And uh, he was explaining that Kari Sab says, Kari Ayub, that uh, you need a student that is able to comprehend if he's given a letter, he can write a formal letter, he can write a formal email, he can converse with people with confidence. And for these reasons, you've got to, you know, provide opportunities for our students where they are exposed to both sides of life. And I've seen that, but the setup is quite impressive also on that side. It's all about, uh, you know, agar tujhe hi na karna ho to bahane hazar hai kya kare. And another point is if we are not going to be in those fields, then we are definitely uh, always going to be at a disadvantage. And we are going to be and seeing the exa- exactly what's happening in the world today. We talk about boycott, we talk about this, but the thing is, why, why must we be talking about boycott? Why, 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 why is there one, two billion people? Why, why can't they set up things? Mm. Because of our staying away from these fields in the past two, three centuries. 
in the in the middle centuries, uh, Muslims were not only in the forefront of Islamic knowledge; they were in the forefront of every knowledge. So people were actually relying upon Muslims for everything. And now, you know, we have a situation where we have fallen behind, and it, it is shown. It is shown in our situation and our condition of the Muslim Ummah, which is unfortunately said. And until we don't have a holistic solution to things, uh, we will not be able to have a holistic solution. Mm. Well, Jazakallah khairan for your time. Much appreciated. Tame Boharu program karo. Uh, Inshallah. Inshallah. I speak to you next week. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.